This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Among other things going on today, we've got the Apex Summit in San Francisco wrapping up. Uh, sounds like a, a pretty chilly uh, reception between uh, Canada's Prime Minister and uh, China's leader. But we'll talk more about Canada-China relations uh, a little bit later on. And look, that's bound to come up in about two hours from now when Prime Minister Trudeau holds his uh, summit closing press conference. I'm sure he'll be asked about the situation with China. I'm sure he'll be asked about issues back here at home. And I'm sure he'll also be asked about the situation in the Middle East, the fighting in Gaza. It was an interesting week on that front, to say the least, with some comments earlier in the week from the prime minister that did seem to indicate maybe a bit of a shift in the government's position. I, I think since October 7th, for the most part, the government has been pretty supportive of Israel's right to defend itself in the aftermath of this uh, horrific terror attack by Hamas and willing to call out Hamas as a terrorist organization. But the prime minister's comments earlier in the week seemed to shift and, and to put more onus and even more blame on Israel for what's been happening in Gaza. Now, those comments uh, drew a rebuke from both Israel's prime minister and from Israel's opposition leader, uh, something you don't really see in a situation like this. Now, yesterday... We learned that the prime minister had had a phone conversation with an important Israeli war cabinet minister. Uh, so it'd be interesting to hear the prime minister's uh, version of how that all went and to get some further clarification as to whether the government's position is indeed shifting. Because it has raised concern back here at home. Joining us to talk more about all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program here this morning, Michael Mostyn, uh, CEO with B'nai Canada, B'nai Michael, so good to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks, Rob. Good to speak to you again. I would imagine you're hoping for some you know, some clarity or at least some clarification from the prime minister today. I mean, what, what does he need to say at this point, do you think? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it, Canada uh, has been standing with Israel, um, a fellow democracy that is in the throes of fighting uh, just a, an incredibly traumatic um, war against terror war against Hamas and has stated the need to destroy Hamas publicly and they are in the process of doing so and they need to do so because the Hamas leaders have publicly stated we're coming for you again and again we murdered we um, raped we pillaged we did everything you can imagine a terrorist the most savage terrorist would want to do and we're going to do it again and again and again we are never going to stop and if that message comes to any democracy the democracy has to say, well, we are not going to allow our civilians to be uh, attacked in that way, and and you need to be ended. And that is exactly what Israel is doing. Canada has been standing with Israel, and that's why it was so disturbing, also including the tone, the emotive nature of the way that the prime minister was speaking, um, you know, making comments such as the price of justice for um, Hamas's attacks can't you know, we can't have continued suffering of all Palestinian civilians because of that, mentioning women, children, and babies. He said even war has rules, 
which was a direct implication that Israeli forces are not uh, following international law, which they are, which Canada knows that they are. And so it's good to see that there was a clarifying conversation taking place afterwards, but very difficult for Canadians to understand um, why that tone is being made. I I imagine there's a tremendous amount of political pressure um, as well on the Prime Minister and other politicians in this country, but we need to stand with principle. We know that war is tough, but we have to stand strong in the face of terrorism, and it's an important lesson for all of us. So the Prime Minister put out a statement yesterday. We haven't heard from him since those comments earlier in the week, but he mentioned this phone call he had with a key Israeli cabinet minister. says, uh, I reaffirm Canada's support for Israel, its right to defend itself in accordance with international law, and emphasize the importance of taking all possible measures to protect civilians. He goes on to say, I unequivocally condemned Hamas's terrorist attack, including the atrocious use of Palestinian civilians as human shields, and noted that Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people, nor the legitimate aspirations they have and, and maybe that was the part that seemed to be missing was the role and responsibility of Hamas here in terms of putting civilians in harm's way not allowing civilians to evacuate you know using hospitals or schools or civilian areas as as bases or staging areas like if we're going to talk about the situation we're going to talk about the the risks posed to civilians you know the prime minister can't overlook that can he no and you're absolutely right Rob um, that is the unfortunate situation on the ground in Gaza. Hospitals have become um, centers uh, for uh, terror activity. Um, this has been exposed very publicly. We, we also know about the tunnel network, which goes all the way below, below Gaza, the misappropriation of, of, of tens of billions of dollars from the international community, including Canada, that financed those terror tunnels, which allowed them, in fact, to perpetrate these terror attacks not even including textbooks that have been financed uh, by Canada and other Western nations that have been indoctrinating the youth to hate and to want to murder Jews. I mean, it's it's very difficult for us to understand here in Canada that kind of rage and, and how you can push that kind of violence. But, of course, it's education, and they are educating. Hamas is educating their youth to want to murder Jews. That has to stop. Um, and um, and that's why we have to stand uh, firm, and it and it becomes more and more difficult as time goes on. We all know that, but that's the challenge uh, to to recognize that Hamas is not just the enemy of Israel. Hamas is the enemy of the Palestinian people. Hamas is the one that is preventing Palestinians from leaving from from uh, into safe zones. Um, uh, Hamas is occupying hospitals, and um, you know, and, and and with hostages underneath. I mean, it's it's an awful situation. But we do have to remember that Hamas is the enemy and Hamas needs to be destroyed. We've seen some some rather troubling protests uh, and rallies in Canada in recent weeks. But it was interesting earlier in the week, uh, the prime minister himself was the target of one as he was dining in a restaurant in Vancouver. Uh, a mob essentially, uh, you know, stormed the restaurant. Security had to escort him out. They're screaming at him about having blood on his hands and and all of that kind of rhetoric, which was a really ugly incident. But what, what did you make of that, first of all? Uh, I, I agree with you. Very ugly. But I, I wasn't surprised. When you have individuals that are out there um, chanting genocidal slogans against the Jews at these various hate rallies, calls from the river to the sea is a genocidal chant calling for the destruction of Israel. There's only one way to interpret that. And when you combine that with 
iconography of terrorist organizations that are present at many of these rallies across the country. We see vandalism that's taking place against members of, uh, of Parliament's offices, calls to boycott Jewish businesses, attempts to intimidate uh, diners who just so happen to go to a business, a Canadian business, um, and, and they're intimidating on the street. So you see all of this violence, and then we see, of course, terrible things like shootings uh, into the walls of uh, religious institutions in Montreal. Uh, we see incendiary material um, uh, thrown at uh, synagogue doors. Of course, this is all to follow, but, but the, the violence, there are many involved here that probably are just looking for an opportunity to engage in illegal behavior. This has to stop, and, but it begins with tamping down this rhetoric. Uh, that is that is raising the temperature. And, and again, that's why it was so disappointing to see, even if it was a slip of the tongue of the Prime Minister, we need our leaders to be dampening this rhetoric, bringing back yeah. civility to society, understanding we can all have our political opinions, but targeting hate against any identifiable group is never acceptable. Yeah, and unfortunately, it feels like we're seeing things going the opposite direction. You know, the manifestation of anti-Semitism we, we've seen in recent weeks, uh, you know, it's it's beyond troubling, especially on social media, too. And, and you know, we, we've seen a lot of this on, on X, formerly known as Twitter, even from Elon Musk himself, which was really troubling. But this one guy in particular, and folks might remember the controversy when he was hired to, to be a, an anti-racist, uh, anti-racism consultant. Uh, this guy, Laif, uh, Laif Marouf, who was actually finally kicked off of Twitter, we understand, late yesterday. But he's back, and he's been posting some pretty horrific stuff. What, what are we seeing on social media? Yeah, well, you're absolutely right, Rob. Whatever we're seeing uh, in the real world actually pales in terms of the expressions of hate that we see on, uh, on various social media platforms. And, and there's a big problem across social media um, with, with getting this stuff off and even having um, um, individual accounts held accountable uh, for the policies and the rules. And we've been waiting. Uh, the, our government has been promising for years and years that we're going to have some kind of a legislation to deal with this very difficult issue of online hate. We're still waiting uh, to see that uh, draft legislation come forward because we can't trust the social media companies to clearly deal with this situation themselves. Um, and Leif Maroof, um, you know, a vile anti-Semite, our understanding is he's not even in Canada right now. He's, he's in Lebanon. But right. he's, he's continuing as usual. Um, thank goodness he's no longer uh, getting subsidies from the Canadian taxpayer to, uh, that helps finance his, his vile rhetoric online. But uh, he certainly doesn't seem to have learned any lessons. And, in fact, he probably thinks he's the victim um, simply because he's being called out because he just believes probably so passionately in what he's writing, despite the fact that he puts uh, the Jewish community at risk. Well, and, and not just, you know, what, he, what he's posting in the abstract, but, you know, he's, he's been targeting, you know, individuals online, uh, Jewish individuals, Jewish professors, uh, with some pretty nasty language. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's horrific to see. I mean, it's good, I guess, that, you know, the company finally acted and removed him, but there's, there's no shortage of this stuff there, unfortunately. There isn't. There isn't. And he's an extremely high-profile individual at this point because of the controversy you just mentioned. But you're right. There are just so many individuals. I can tell you B'nai B'rith is getting inundated with this stuff. We run this anti-hate hotline. We have an app. And since October 7th war, we have just seen an explosion of reporting to us. It's very difficult 
uh, for uh, any Jewish community organization to deal with this explosion of hate um, and and all of the reporting that's coming in, and then and then to tangibly action because of course we want to action each one of these items and make sure that there are consequences for those who target individuals um, and incite against individuals. Uh, it is being done, but it's it's just it is sad to see, and and it's something that we all have to work towards to solve. And, uh, regarding Elon Musk, you know, it's, it's such a weird phenomenon where, you know, on the far left, uh, Jews are seen as, as too white. Or they see this conflict as, you know, white versus is brown or, you know, in those, in those ways. But then on the far right, you know, Jews are, are, are not white enough. And you had this conspiracy theory that even, you know, the Tree of Life shooter seemed to subscribe to that, that somehow the Jews are part of a campaign of white genocide. And so you had somebody post this on X. And then Elon Musk himself responds to that post and says, you have said the actual truth. You think about his profile, how many followers he has on his own platform, his, his influence. I mean, what did you make of that? Yeah, well, the neighbors called Elon Musk out on that uh, yesterday, I believe. Um, it, it's outrageous. You're right. Uh, anti-Semitism is, is a conspiracy-based form of racism, and it just depends on the angle um, that that one comes at in terms of what conspiracy you want to tag yourself onto to target Jews. And it, I can't help but think that perhaps something in his own personal background coming from South Africa and, and obviously all of the tensions between the white and black community, and perhaps that's the lens he views the world through. But um, how do you not, how can you not understand when you have such a huge footprint, you are, you are followed, you actually own the, the, the actual uh, social media company that you're, uh, that you're Xing on. Um, and, and to put something like this out and not think that, um, that it's going to endanger um, um, individuals, Jewish individuals, because some someone who is uh, even with mental health problems, but perhaps not, chooses to go target a, a, a Jewish institution or an individual based on that uh, conspiracy. You're right. Jews are not viewed as white. Um, uh, they are viewed as white. Um, Jews themselves don't view themselves as white because um, we don't fit in, you know, really with, with any of those groups. And we have a very broad geographical background that we all come from. Um, most of the citizens of Israel actually come from the Middle Eastern origins, not from Eastern Europe, as, right. as some folks might think. So it's 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 really sad, and it just helps raise the anxiety level of a Jewish community that already feels under siege. Absolutely. Well, we'll see what the Prime Minister has to say about all of this. His press conference coming up in a couple of hours. Much more, as mentioned, Bene Brith.ca. Michael, thanks so much for your time here this morning. Appreciate it.